Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. In late May, Mike Bodorf resigned from the Hamilton Southeastern School Board. Now, the local school district encompasses the entire city of Fishers, along with all of Fall Creek, Delaware, and Wayne Townships. Now, board members needed to act quickly and vote for Mr. Bodorf's replacement. They asked for applicants. 24 responded. Four were interviewed, and board members voted to seat Clint Wilson by a vote of five to nothing, and school board member Janet Pritchett abstained. I sat down to speak with the newest member of our local school board during the afternoon of Wednesday, July 3rd. I'm at the State Farm Insurance Agency office in downtown Fishers, just really across the street from where the first internet bank headquarters is under construction as we speak. My guest today is Clint Wilson. Clint is the newly appointed member of the Hamilton Southeastern School Board. So Clint, thank you so much for agreeing to see me and talk to me so soon after your appointment. Appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to uh, have the conversation, Larry. So what's it been like since you uh, your appointment was announced? Oh my goodness, it's been uh, nonstop. I think uh, I'm I'm hearing from a lot of people in the community, getting to build some relationships with my fellow board members, and and starting to learn so much about uh, Hamilton Southeastern Schools. It's now, been a lot of fun. Did you have any heads up that you would be selected, or was it a surprise to you just like it was to the rest of us in the room? I had no heads up. It was a surprise when uh, Brad, I believe, nominated me. That's Brad, as Brad soon Boyer. as I found out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were just as surprised as the rest of us. Well, you, you, if you were excited, you hit it pretty well. <laughs> you seemed to be pretty calm and all that. But you stayed for the rest of the meeting. Well, of course. I need to know, uh, need to know what's going on. Well, as... Uh, People probably know if, if they've uh, followed this this process at all. Uh, your professional background is in the insurance business. So, just briefly, what do you bring to the table as far as being a board member as it affects affects uh, your professional background and, and being able to step on the board with that? Absolutely. So, my my um, recent background for the last about fourteen years, I've been with State Farm in uh, a couple different roles. Now I'm an agent in Fishers, but uh, for the immediate ten years prior, I've been in agency leadership. So, hiring, coaching, developing agents. I had a team of forty agents all over. Southeastern Indiana that I got to work with on a daily basis. Um, And then before that, I was in another leadership role, and I was an agent in Greenwood, uh, my first job with State Farm. And so I've had a lot of experience uh, working with the public, um, leading a small business, being a small business owner in the community, leading a small team, but as well as being in a leadership role with a team of 40 agents. Uh, So I've seen a bunch of different communities. I've seen the impact small businesses can have on communities. I've seen the impact schools have on communities with uh, the success of a community overall. So lots of different experiences. And then I don't know if you know before that, uh, I was a TV reporter in several different communities. You did mention that. So you've got a journalistic background yourself. Where did you work? I worked in uh, South Bend uh, for a short time, Fort Wayne for a short time, Binghamton, New York for a short time, and then uh, my longest stint was in Augusta, Georgia, and that was directly before I uh, came to State Farm. 
Wow. So you did uh, make the rest. So when did you decide that journalism on TV was not for you? You know what? I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I love telling stories. I love getting to meet people. And, and I love helping. The, the most gratifying thing as a journalist is when you get to tell a story that some way helps get the word out about a good cause, that, that helps somebody accomplish something they're trying to achieve. Um, I, I loved reporting. But the reality with that industry is in order to get a promotion, you move to a bigger city. And I had already moved multiple times. The other reality with, with that business is there are a lot of people that want to do it. And the people at the top of the business don't want to pay a lot for the people who are doing the work. And, and so I knew that with the moving, with the income potential, with the um, hours that you work in that business, that it wouldn't match up with my goals for a family. And so I think, as my dad told me that throughout college, he said, you need to get a marketing background. You need to understand that, that maybe this isn't forever. And I said, no, dad, no, dad, I am, I'm, I'm going to be Dan Rather someday. I am, I'm moving on up. And I think after a couple of years, I recognized that it wasn't the fit. And so that transition to State Farm was really smooth because I still get to meet a bunch of people. We're still helping people. People don't recognize the risks they face every day and, and what's at stake with, with, um, their financial well-being, and we get to help people with that. I get to have those conversations. So it was a great transition. Sounded a lot like me in 1983. When I faced that possibility, I was ready to take the next step in radio journalism, and it was pretty clear I was going to be moving from city to city and uh, went into something else. So I, I, I certainly identify with that. Now, you have been involved with schools. Now, you particularly mentioned your involvement with the, the Youth Mentoring Initiative. This is called YMI, uh, which is where you mentor some uh, a young person in need in, in somewhere in the school system. So tell me what you lear- have learned so far through that experience. Oh, my goodness. I've, um, I've done that now uh, going into my fourth year with YMI, Youth Mentoring Initiative, Um, I spent one year with a student at Sand Creek Intermediate, and now I'm uh, at Fishers High School. I'm going into my third third year at Fishers High School, and I think I've I've learned a ton. Um, I think that it's easy to look at Fishers and 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 say, "Hey, it's in Hamilton County. Here's here's what everybody is like in Fishers." and I've learned that um, that's that's not the reality. I've learned that. Uh, there are all sorts of, of different needs and that we, we can't just say because uh, Fishers may um, be in a better economic status than some other communities that, that Fishers doesn't uh, need to support students, especially from a mental health perspective. I think that uh, every student goes through challenges and every student needs needs to have those supporters. And so with, with YMI, I'm privileged to be able to I, I even just call it a friendship. I get to go in once a week and hang out with a student, and, and we talk about all sorts of things. I can't tell you how much I've learned about uh, shoes and uh, uh, different shoes that are, that are out there now, and, it's, and video games. And, and then I've got the opportunity for him to ask me questions, and, and he gets to learn about things that he's curious about. And so it's, it's just a, a, an, an, a, a friendship that uh, a partnership that we we get to hang out with each other and for anybody who doesn't know about YMI I'd encourage them to take the time to learn a little bit more about it it's only an hour a week during the school year 
and and the reality is especially um, there's an especial uh, an extra need for men uh, as there are many students specifically male students that are in need of that mentor relationship and and would would be um, would benefit greatly from having that person to talk to. Yeah, we've had Allison Gatz on uh, one of our podcasts, and she's talked extensively about the program. And in, I think it's in September, you have your annual fundraising breakfast. So um, a very worthy cause, as you say. Now, once you're appointed to the board, I've been checking your social media feed. And what I've seen is that you have now announced you are formulating a 90-day plan. So tell us what this 90-day plan is. You know, as a new member on the board, it's important that I get up to speed quickly with things that the other board members already know, are already working on, and and maybe they've talked about for several months that I haven't had the opportunity to be engaged in all of those conversations. I've been able to watch the specific board meetings that ha- that I haven't attended, and I've attended the last two, so I do have some um, baseline knowledge of, of what conversations have taken place. But the reality is that there are other items that they've been talking about that could appear on future agendas that I want to make sure I'm up to speed on all of those. So one of the first parts of my 90-day plan is to meet with each individual board member, as well as uh, Dr. Borf and, and Dr. Rivera, um, to understand their priorities, to understand what they see coming. So I can, as quickly as possible, uh, learn about but about what's coming. The other thing that I think um, the 90-day plan comes from my business background. It's something that it's, I don't want to call it onboarding. Um, I want to call it, uh, I call it a 90-day plan just because it, it gives me the opportunity to reach out to others in the community, to um, the the team at HSE, to the other board members, and get a better understanding what's important to them, what goals they have, what they're trying to accomplish so that uh, I can best partner on this team. Uh, Yes, and I've covered many school board elections. And normally when you run as a candidate, all that's vetted. You know, you talk about your views and how you view education. Let me, and, and you haven't gone through that yet, so I think it's probably part of your 90-day plan. But one thing I've noticed, and I've covered a number of school board elections here and elsewhere in my journalistic career off and on, and what I found is that most candidates, and they all are mean well, I mean, you've got to really be committed to your community to run for school board, even just to run, whether you win or not. You, then when someone runs for school board, wins, gets on the school board, my experience has been that all those things you talked about in the campaign really don't make much difference because you've got a whole other set of issues. You've got to deal with financial issues. You've got to deal with building issues. You have to deal with all this minutia. So the staff does a lot of it, but you still have a fiduciary responsibility as a board member to make sure it's all being done well. So have you been warned yet that uh, what you may have thought school board uh, uh, tenure would be like might not be what you expected it to be? I have heard that, um, that, uh, that as, you, as you begin to dig into each issue, that there are, there are things that you can impact and, and things you have to do, and that, uh, that not every day are you able to make a difference in the areas of priority. But I think for me, it still comes back to, um, with, and I'll equate it to State Farm and, and my business. Um, from a business perspective, we have to think first what's best for the customer. 
that always has to be what comes first, regardless of whether this, the decision is based on my team here at the agency, whether it's involving a customer situation, whatever it is, it's what's best for the customer. With, with the school board, I think I have to have a similar lens, what's best for the students. And when you look at all of those additional little issues that you might call little but are really important when you look at the grand scheme, I think it's important to have that same perspective. First, what's best for the students, but I think as you as you build on that, and, and something that I shared with the school board members in my application, that um, two things. One, that I have, I have three areas that I'll, I'll try to keep my focus aligned. And the first one is communication and transparency. It's critically important that our school system is transparent and communicates well with the community, with parents, with teachers. I think that's of utmost importance. I think another area is, is safety, uh, that it's, it's critically important that we are making sure that our students are safe from the, the moment they're at the bus stop until we drop them off in the um, afternoon and, and also providing an avenue for them to be safe even when they're not with school. And then finally, I think that um, taking excellent care of the team at HSE. In order for our students to do their best, we've got to have the best teachers. And so it's important that we do the things to make sure that our team is well taken care of with the lens, what's best for students. So I think it all comes together, even if the decision might be about some financial matter that's um, related to the administration building, it still comes back to what's best for the students. One other reality I have seen that will hit a school board member quickly once you assume that position is the fact that you're one of seven. You know, you, it's not like you're in charge. You are working with a board, and it, in, in most cases, it takes four votes for anything to pass. So are you prepared to, you know, sometimes have a very specific view that may not carry that day? That's that's the beauty of our of our government system is we do have the opportunity to work together and we don't always have to see eye to eye. But I, I appreciate differing opinions because what I found is the more often there are differing opinions, we learn from each other. We learn from somebody else's perspective and ideally that helps move us to a better solution when we've gotten all of those different perspectives. So absolutely, uh, I'm one of seven. I'm on a team that, that has the same goals to accomplish what's best for students, and we won't always agree on the best ways to accomplish various things. However, I think our intentions will all be from the heart, from the, the right place, and, and I, I'm excited to uh, be a part of that team. Yeah, that's one comment I receive from school board members, the more experience they get on the board. It's like, okay, I'm going to tell you how I feel about this and how I would move forward. But remember, I'm one of seven. And, uh, uh, but you're right. It's, it's, it's a matter of sometimes working together and working through and compromising. Other times it's like, okay, I'm on a losing side. We move on and go to the next issue. The board has dealt with a number of controversial issues lately. And the uh, issue that attracted the most attention recently was the language and the non-discrimination policy. Now, had you been serving on the board, would you have supported the language that was, uh, that was adopted in the final version? Absolutely. Explain your view on that. 
It's critically, you know, I, I mentioned that it comes back to students, and it's important that we support all students and that all students feel supported, regardless of any of the things that are listed in that policy. I think um, as I watched the meetings and you heard some of the students share their thoughts, I, I, I wanted to support them in any way I could. And I think uh, highlighting a specific non-discrimination policy that, that uh, provides specific support for, for some of our students who could be most vulnerable, who could most need it, uh, is, is absolutely the right thing to do. You know, I've had a lot of people come back. I mean, I've written about this in a few commentaries. I don't write many, but I do write some. And one thing that I, I expressed is that when you have a policy, people say, what's the use of having a policy? We have a lot of other policies people don't seem to be following. My view is the policy is the first step. If you don't have the policy in place, you really can't move forward to take action if you find an issue somewhere. So, uh, uh, I thought the board, and, and what I really, and I'll, I'll ask you to comment on this, because the, the man you're replacing, Mark Bardorf, and, and Brad Boyer were two examples who had voted one way on the first reading and a different way in the second reading after, I think after getting a lot of feedback from the community, talking to people, they changed their minds, which I found to be a very courageous thing, especially for an elected official. They voted one way and said, you know, okay, I, and Brad was pretty clear about his misgivings in general, but said, I Bottom line, I'm going to support this. So uh, I think I'm going to ask you this as, as a question, as a, uh, looking at being a board member and looking at that process and, and, and evaluating what the community is saying. Uh, tell me how you plan to go about doing that when some controversial issue may come up in the next year and a half. And, and I think when you when you look back at my 90-day plan, part of that is for me to develop multiple contacts within the community so that hopefully we can anticipate when there might be controversial issues. Hopefully we know and we see that coming, and it would be my goal that I have reached out to multiple different stakeholders in the community, both within the schools and outside of the schools, and that I have a, a, a good cross-section of, of how people are feeling, and I'm going to use that input to, to help me um, make the decisions that, that I'll be, be making on the board as, as one of the, the seven members. And I, I hope that, um, I hope that, that that partnership will, will help me through those, those tough times that, that may come. Recently, uh, the board issued an apology to the public, basically admitting, not be really specific, but in general, admitting that uh, the board has made mistakes and sometimes has not provided the kind of leadership and image that reflects the school corporation as a whole. They apologized for that and, and basically said, we're going to move forward and do better. Do you agree with that statement? Tell me more. I want to make sure I'm understanding the question. Okay, you, the you're, not familiar, you're not I, familiar with it? Do I agree with the statement that Sylvia sure, shared on behalf S of the board? Sylvia Shepler uh, uh, read a statement on behalf of the entire board, which essentially said that. It says more than that. So my question, if you've read it, uh, do you agree with that statement? I was, I was there when, when Sylvia shared that statement, and I, I have read the statement you know, I think I'm, I'm not sure it's totally my place to evaluate that since I wasn't part of the board at that time. I don't know all of the conversations that, that went into that statement, but 
I think as a member of the community at that time, it, it was clear that there were some conflicts within the board and that there were challenges going on. And I think many members of the community expressed a desire that the board should do better, that there, there should be a better partnership, that, that maybe some things should be done differently. And so I think any time, whether you're uh, in government, in business, wherever you're at, and, and there's a community of people saying, hey, I'm not sure about what's going on here, it's absolutely good to clarify intent and to, to share a statement and, and um, hopefully bring some unity together. Well, there's no question there had been some di- division on the board. It didn't always come up at the public meetings, but anyone like myself covering it, I was very aware of that. Uh, so uh, you have, I think, how should I put this? You portrayed yourself in your interview. That was a very interesting interview format, by the way. <laughs> yes, it was. When there was an opening once before since I've covered the board, they brought people in one at a time. They brought all four of you in there at once. And I thought, this is going to be an interesting dynamic. But within that dynamic, one of your points about yourself was, and you talked about your experience as a trainer and a leader for your agents in an insurance company and how you had to bring people together. So do you feel like you can be someone who can make attempts to uh, find consensus, common ground with that board? I, I would hope that I can do that. I hope that everybody on the board will do that. I, I really do believe that as one of seven for each of us, it's important to have a partnership. And, and that's why I'm having meetings with every member. I think it's important for all of us to work together, even when we don't agree. And I think the reality is there are many, many different issues and uh, we may, who disagrees or agrees on what issue changes. And so it's important to have that uh, teamwork with everybody in the board. And I think when that happens, uh, we'll do our best work as a team. Now, obviously, you're in your 90-day period. You're, taking, you're, you're talking to people and so forth. But uh, as you enter the board now, are there any issues in your mind you will call priorities for you as you assume your post on the board? You know, I think it's too early to to say. I think uh, overall priorities still relate to that communication and transparency, security, and taking care of our our team supporting students. I think those are are the issues that I want to keep in the back of my mind with every decision we make, and I want to make sure there's a focus on those. But I'll tell you something as I as I um, sent a note on Twitter. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that I discovered was uh, some librarians sharing some thoughts uh, about funding and about their role. And I think back to elementary school, and I can still picture our librarian, and, and the, the one time she taught us something was how to use the Dewey Decimal System. And primarily, the rest of the time, she was checking out books and, and you know, probably encouraging us not to be quite so noisy in the library. And I have no doubt uh, from my opportunities to volunteer with my daughter's classroom when they go to the library, I have no doubt that the role of a librarian today is, is dramatically different from my perspective as an elementary school student 30 years ago. And so I'm, I'm excited to learn more things about that because I think it's, it's premature for me to say, hey, these are the things we have to do while I'm still learning all the background and, and catching up. So I think the purpose of the 90-day plan is for me, hopefully, to become aware of things I didn't know and use that to formulate three months from now what I might say, hey, these are things we have to accomplish. These are things that, that are important for our students. 
Interesting you mentioned librarians because the last two teachers of the year for HSC schools, librarians. So they are very important. I learned a lot when interviewing the last years, and I'll be interviewing the the new uh, teacher of the year uh, later on here. On to another issue. You'll uh, be filling in the term of Mike Modorf. Mike uh, resigned for personal reasons from the board in late May. That term will run through December 31 of 2020. And I'm sort of saying this because a lot of people are new to Fishers, and even people who live here don't always understand the the election process. So this board seat will be up for re-election next year in November of 2020 in the general election. As an at-large seat, the rule is you must... There are the three townships, and, and for the three office, uh, at-large, you have to live within your township, but the entire school district votes on these candidates. That's why they call them at-large. So um, at this time, do you plan to run for election for this seat that you are filling now? You know, I wouldn't put in an application if I didn't have a heart to serve, if taking care of our students and doing what's best for our community wasn't at the, the top of my list. I do think that it's important for me to get a feel for the position, get a feel for how the board works together, for what we're trying to accomplish. And I think my first priority is absolutely learning and going through those steps. But I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have started this process if, if I didn't think that that might be something I would uh, consider very strongly. So um, I'd, I'd have to talk about it with my wife and, you know, all of those types of, of things that you would want to do. But, but I would anticipate that, uh, that I would strongly consider being a candidate next fall. And you don't have to decide for about a year. That's when the filing period is. So you've got some time to think about it. But you, would you say at this point you're kind of leaning in that direction to pairing, uh, basically depending on what your family has to say and your experience in the board? I think that's fair. Okay. Have you had the opportunity to tour the new Southeastern Elementary? You know, I did. Um, The school board's going there to tour here uh, next week. And uh, I didn't know when I I planned an opportunity to get out there, I didn't know about the the school board tour. So I I got a sneak peek this week. My daughter's teacher actually uh, transferred to Southeastern. Uh, So she was setting up her classroom this week, and uh, my daughter wanted to go say hello. So we stopped by and said hello to her teacher and got a chance to see the new elementary as well. Oh, so you'll have a child in that school. Well, nope. She, my, my daughter will not be there. She'll be, she'll be at Geist Elementary, but but the teacher teacher. went from Geist to, I mean, there's a lot of movement in the district with a new school. Yeah, I was going to say, you open a brand new elementary school, teachers get moved around, and you want a mix of experienced and new teachers in each of the buildings, so... There is some moving around, to be sure. One of the most important jobs you have as a member of the school board is to evaluate the uh, the job of the superintendent of schools. Current superintendent is Alan Borth. Do you have any thoughts on that responsibility? How do you go about uh, doing that? Doing that? Doing that? Uh, the responsibility of evaluating the job of the superintendent. You know, I, I came in at a perfect time because the uh, the rest of the board team is going to work on uh, that evaluation for the prior year right now. And so I'm at a spot where I can sit back and I can see the process those board members go through and, and how they do that uh, without adding much input because I'm so new, I don't have anything valuable to add. So 
I, I haven't I haven't thought a whole lot about um, how I would go about that process. I, I do think that um, one of my favorite things to do, and I, I think you'll appreciate this uh, with your journalism background as well, is ask questions. And I love to ask questions of, of so many different people, and I think that's the best way we learn. And I think as, as you do that, uh, it makes a, a job like evaluating so much easier because you've, you've learned from so many different people along the way. And so I think... Um, I think I've got a lot to learn as far as uh, how we evaluate the superintendent, and uh, I'm thankful that uh, I've got a year before I have to, to take part in it. Well, you did mention this in your, uh, in your interview when you were a potential board member, that you have three children, one's preschool, the other two are in H- HSE schools. So it was just uh, anything you might want to share with the audience of a personal nature. So we, have, uh, we do have three children, my wife and Amanda and I. We've lived in Fisher since 2013. Uh, we have three children. Our daughter is uh, going to be a first grader at Geist Elementary, and actually two children that aren't in the schools yet. They're uh, three and two. And, uh, Sorry, two preschoolers. I got that wrong. Okay. Two preschoolers. <laughs> two preschoolers that, uh, that, that we chose Fishers because of the schools. We knew when uh, we came from Davenport, Iowa, in a, a role with State Farm, and, and we're thrilled. We're, we're both from northern Indiana, went to Ball State, so we've, we've been in Indiana most of our lives. And, and uh, when we knew we got the opportunity to come back to the Indianapolis area, my, my State Farm territory was large enough that it really didn't make a whole lot of uh, difference where we lived around Indianapolis. It was going to be a long drive to a lot of different places for me. And we saw the schools, and we saw the area, and we loved it. And so um, I, I think I am excited for the opportunity to help support the schools that uh, we fully anticipate. We'll have three kids from K through 12 in, in Hamilton Southeastern schools, and um, really excited for, for the chance to serve. Before we wrap this up, is there anything you would like to add? You know, I think uh, I, I would say I do have a, a Twitter account, School Board CW. I've got uh, a Facebook page as well, and and I am, I'm I'm one who loves input. I love to hear what's going on. I love to have those conversations, and and so I'd encourage uh, any listeners to to follow those pages, to reach out uh, through my school corporation email. Um, and, and let me know what's going on, and, and so I can, I can learn more about all of the schools, all the parts of our, our district, and um, that, that will help me have the ability to do the best job I can serving our students and, and our entire community. Now just be aware that there are a lot of Clint Wilsons on social media, so uh, I think you have a separate school board account from your account as a as a uh, insurance salesman, so you, there's actually more than one account out there for you. But the one that you want to read, if you're concerned about the school board activity, is the school board account. Absolutely, it's a, a political candidate page. I think it's Clint Wilson HSE School Board on okay. Facebook. Very good, Clint Wilson. Thank you very much uh, for making time to talk to us today. Absolutely, it was my pleasure. Thanks for coming, Larry. My thanks to Clint Wilson for spending some time with me discussing his new duties as a member of the Hamilton Southeastern School Board. This is the Larry in Fishers podcast. My name is Larry Lannon. I write the LarryInFishers.com local news blog from Fishers, Indiana, a suburban community northeast of Indianapolis. Thanks for listening. 
we'll talk again.